Welcome to the Dion Popcast. I'm Leland Steele. And I'm Moby. That was, after, a, that was a different one. You know what? After all of that long singing, it's just, I can't compete with you. It's just this like <laughs> overwhelming nerd testosterone. You know what? That just overpowers. You know what? Uh, we'll get to when we get to condescending controversy. We'll get to why I'm in a bit of a singing mood. Oh. It, it actually does come full circle. For oh, me. yeah, oh, it comes full circle. Well, it'll be great to jam with you uh, this evening. So, <laughs> and uh, enjoy that beer that you're having. Yeah, uh, keep the little beer burps up. It because... is a uh, it's a aged in a bourbon barrel stout. Oh, it's good. Moby approves. It's good. Yeah, it's Moby very good. approves. So. Uh, my one of my coworkers got it for me for. Christmas. It was a parting gift that she left for maternity leave for a year. So, well, that's. I guess that's a good thing. She has a baby. You get beer. So <laughs> it's all worth it. That's, I'll take it. That's a trade off. I'll take any day of the week. Awesome. Well, uh, it's good to be back. Uh, yeah. This is a bit of a theme episode. We call it Spatial Anomaly. I do um, like that name. That's a good one. This is episode thirty four. Episode thirty four. We 34. rarely announce the actual episode number anymore. I know. Yeah. <laughs> the episodes have passed my age. Oh. What wow. is happening now? Wow. The horror. The horror. The horror. We're almost at forty. I know. This is forty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I still haven't seen that movie. Touch another one. Oh. Well, you want to move on to banter? Yeah, I do. And I have one banter, and I know you love it, and I bet you you must have thought this was coming based on our discussions. Here's a hint. The last fucking 36 hours. So I have discovered Listener. It's completely free. You don't need a streaming service or any of that bullshit. A YouTube series called Down the Rabbit Hole. <laughs> and I am not just hooked. I am like Leland Pretty Little Liars hooked on this thing. <laughs> <laughs> like hook line and sinker no bait on the hook required i just put my mouth around that hook and, and jammed in this is a youtube series with actually quite decent production values and very good details and research that goes into a bunch of kind of primarily um internet-based uh just really weird stories and issues they came up and yeah, very random stuff too. Like there's not really there's no theme to it. It's just like things that he seemingly thinks are interesting and just wants. And they stuff. are interesting. And it's things that were uh Reddit were was talking a lot about, or Reddit would have big conversations back in the day. 4chan gets referenced right. often. Yep, yep, yep. Um what's really interesting, I've yet to find an episode that is outside of the year two thousand to two thousand ten. Like it's just that decade. Is filled with weirdness. Oh, really? No, because I watched one. Oh, um, okay. I watched one concerning two brothers in like the 1920s. Oh, the Overly Brothers. Okay, I haven't gotten to that yeah. one yet. So, yeah. was it good? Because um, I wasn't really paying attention to it. It was interesting. Okay. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, I, I, I couldn't recommend that one. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I've, they're mixed between like fascinating and shock. Yeah, and then there's like fascinating and horror too. Well, like that that Sonic Chew one, oh, yeah. wow, that was crazy. That, that was yeah. crazy. Very, that was it's my interesting favorite. stuff. It's interesting stuff. Um, so I mean, the fact is that you can just boot this up for free, and it has a lot to do with video games and computer stuff. The one I just watched right now, it, it was actually maybe the least interesting, but it was so filled with nostalgia. It was on Neopets. I forgot that I got a Neopets. Oh, cool. For like a summer, because my sister did, and like. Everybody did. Yeah, totally everybody so, did. So, I mean, 
The, it's nice to learn about this decade period where I spent about five years drunk on your floor. And so I didn't really <laughs> see, what, see what happened. See what you missed. I just, yeah. uh, my life consisted of skipping school and <laughs> being in my pajamas drunk with what Rice Krispies dumped on my head. So <laughs> thank you, brother. Um, but Leland, I shared oh, it with you. Funny. Oh, man. No, it is cool. It's, uh, it's, I'm so glad you linked us to that one video because yeah like i'm full on like i my web browser is permanently opened to it continuously playing like yeah yeah so nice. <laughs> every time you know That's an weird. hour an hour before bed i'll like sit down and watch like two or three episodes because they're they're nicely they're not very long they're yes, less than 30 minutes long uh yeah generally um which i think is a good it, i think it hits a good uh a good length for that type of content right because if it was five minutes or ten minutes long, you wouldn't get in, in depth enough in some of the stuff that he's doing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that's really all I had, listeners. So once again, it's down the rabbit hole on YouTube, completely free. I recommend it, and I recommend you start with the episode called "Sonichu and Christian Weston Chandler." Yeah. So that's probably the best one to see if you'll enjoy it, and that is my banter. Okay. Yeah, no, that was a good banter. Uh, I'm not sure that I really have any banter. Um, oh, I've been playing a lot of The Forest on PS4. Oh, I was lately. interested in that. Yeah, it came out. It came. It released on PS4 in November of 2018. So you know, it's it's kind of new. Um, I'm playing on hard, uh, which is not the hardest difficulty. There's a difficulty called hard survival, and I think hard survival would be ridiculous. So can you can you just give listener a quick synopsis? Oh sure. Of the game uh, yes. Um, so in the forest, you you and your son, your plane crashes on this island. Uh, you wake up the lone survivor of this crash and to see this man, this humanoid, covered in red, like red paint or blood. You don't know what it is. Taking your son. Whoa. Then you pass out and you wake up. Uh, you know, however many hours later, to and then your goal is to find Timmy, his name is. <laughs> Timmy! Find Timmy and then get out of there. Get off this island. Uh, yeah, so I, I've watched a lot of videos on it, so like I know all the stories and I know the some of the, you know, surprises that the game offers to you, so like, that's not what I'm getting out of it. I'm really getting out of the, I'm getting the actual survival aspects of it out of it um because really i'm not even chasing the story like you could just fuck around on the island for i think i've survived for 42 days and um yeah so the island is inhabited by cannibals this weird these cool actually there's a number of different cannibal tribes and it's cool it's funny when you first uh, um like encounter them their ai is like the best part of the game right it's it's you they're wary of you at first, right? And then, like, uh, if you don't show aggression, then, like, you can you can actually, like, pacify them. Like, if Whoa. you just don't attack them, let them... Like, they'll come up to you, they'll, they'll like, be quizzical, and, like, maybe they'll take a swing at you. Um, but if you just, like, block and, like, don't fight back, like, you can teach them to Whoa. be passive towards you. They, like, worship trees and stuff, too, so they don't like it when you cut down trees... 
which is how you, which is basically what you build everything out of, right? You can build mm. like cabins and fence and like fences and traps and stuff. And uh, it's really cool. It's, it's, it's fun. It's really hard though on hard. Like I mm. suck at this game. I suck at this game. But there is, there is a Goo Goo Baby mode. Oh, good. Uh, it's, it's, I think it's just called like peaceful mode where there are no cannibals. You can just survive, which I am actually going to play, I think. Do you think it would be, do you think it would have just enough challenge to live and survive that it would be fun? Uh, no. So okay. what you're going to get out of that mode um, is being able to like make insane awesome structures oh so what i okay i'm gonna i will play like because i want to play it my goal is going to be to clear cut that entire island <laughs> and make a fucking city out of all of these wood structures <clears throat> I, i'm gonna clear i'm gonna clear cut that bitch you, sh you should make a gigantic pyramid and then you should make a <laughs> sign that says i am Le leland dias look upon ye works in despair <laughs> you can make lots of custom buildings and stuff um there's caves on the island that you go and explore. And, of course, there's, like, you know, cannibals in those caves and stuff. And they're very dangerous. It's really fun. It's cool. It's it's cool. Uh, I don't know if I'm having fun right now because it is really fucking hard. Hmm. And I don't like a, I don't like a few things of the game. Like, um, basically, it's, it's – when you enter into an area, there's a certain distance of this area you're in that it just spawns assets into it. So the assets aren't, aren't always there, right? So like like with animals and even enemies, you'll walk into an area and it'll spawn the assets in. So of course it keeps track of the buildings and stuff. So, But when you're away from those buildings, those buildings don't exist. Hmm. Which also good meaning they can't be attacked. So if your fences are crap, the cannibals aren't going to come in and wreck your shit. But... Um, like you can set up like rain catchers and stuff. So you're if you're on one side of the island and your main base is on the south side or whatever, and it's raining and you're like, great, I need some water. When hope my rain catchers are full. When you get back, they won't be. Mm. Right. So it's like a little stuff like that that really annoys me. Um, hmm. uh, like even like if you want to catch rabbits, you can set up rat rabbit traps and you can like make like a, a breeding farm that's basically your food source if you wanted. But you have to be in the area and basically watch a rabbit walk into the trap. It's not like you can set it, walk oh, away. Oh, that's annoying. Yeah, that's that's, that's so dumb. Annoying. That's really annoying. I hate that shit. So, I don't know. I have some quibbles and quabbles about it. But yeah, I built my main base on this big cliff. And uh, I built a zip line from the cliff down to the beach. Nice. So, I can, like, run away if my place is getting messed up. Um, I have lots of good defenses now, though. I've been trying to build platforms to get back up to the cliff, but it's really high and I'm trying to, I, I have to do like sneaky stuff. Like you can build, so there's preset buildings, but you can also make custom buildings. So um, I don't really like the building actually either because it's kind of limited to where you as a, I, I guess it's realistic, but it's limited to where your player could reach basically, right? Like if you make something too high, um, like you can, you you get like a blueprint for cranes, so you can make a crane, right? Mm. And you can lift yourself up, and then you could set out a blueprint, but then you couldn't reach it from the ground because you you would have to use the crane to get up there, right? Mm. But um, the platforms don't go high enough, so I'm I have to put like I have to make like, so I set a blueprint for a platform, right? And it's basically like the, a shadow of it, so you see it, right? And then you fill it in with your ingredients, right? And it doesn't become solid until you fulfill the the recipe for all the ingredients, right? 
So, but I, I put down the blueprint and then I put down custom like poles. So uh, at the legs of where the platform would be. And then I build, I build the poles and then I build a new platform on top of the poles so I can raise it like the wow. height of the poles. Like it's, I have to like finagle a bunch of weird stuff because wow. <laughs> they don't reach high enough. It's really frustrating, but. Kind of sounds like Factorio starring Tom Hanks. Yeah, I know. It <laughs> kind of, I kind of a little bit. And um, like you, you build like log sleds, so because you can only carry two logs, at a, you know, and you like, it's I don't know, it's it's weirdly addicting. I just want to build. I just want to build. I want to build, baby. I want to build. Now I got fever. Prescriptions, more construction. So I've been playing a, a fuckload of that stuff, but okay. um, but I'm finding though that it's getting to a point where, um. It's difficult to do anything because when you stay in an area too long enough and the enemies see you, like, they know where you are and they're constantly bugging you. Mm. Um, but, it, like, if you go away, because I, so I have, like, little camps around everywhere, but I have one main base that's fenced in and defended with traps, right? But uh, if I go away up north, maybe I'm looking for a specific animal or something um, because I need, like, boar skin. They are, they're only up north. I go spend a couple of days up there. I come back. There's, like, nobody around for maybe a day, a day and a half, and then they'll start coming around again. You know, kind of where, where you're spending the most time, you're going to encounter them. Right. Hmm. And I, cool. I, I think that's just to always put in conflict for the player. I, I don't know. Hmm. Appa- apparently, there are specific spots on the island that people have found that they don't get bugged at all. Like, for days, they could be doing stuff and not get bugged. Because the cannibals themselves have little villages around. Hmm. And if you build near the villages or near cave entrances, they're gonna you're building around the cannibals, so they're gonna be around, right? Right. So I think part of the game is exploring the island and figuring out where you're safest, right? So hmm. I, which again plays into the survival aspect, which, you know, is cool, but but hard is very hard. Like combat is really hard. Hmm. Like when you kill cannibals, you can burn their bodies so you get their bones and then make bone armor. Wow. Yeah. Otherwise, you'll die in, like, two hits from a cannibal. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. they'll fuck you up. They will fuck you up. Man. And Shit. there's a bunch of different weapons and stuff you can make and find. Like, you can find... I found a katana. <laughs> uh, but, like, you can't block with it, though. It oh. swings really fast, but you can't block with it. Oh. And you have a stamina meter and an energy meter and a hunger and thirst meter. So there's four different meters. Mm. Uh, energy being, you know, if you're... Without food for too long, your energy drains, and the energy determines your max stamina. Mm-hmm. But then if you eat, the energy and your stamina will shoot back up to full, right? And you'll have a full bar of stamina to drain and then let refill kind of thing. But right. No, it's a, it's a cool game. I'm going to keep playing it, but I'm really looking forward to playing peaceful mode and just, like, building whatever the hell I want and not worrying about <laughs> getting wrecked. Although there are options you can just turn on, like, so buildings can't be... Um, destroyed um, so I could do that if I didn't like hard but I'm not going to <laughs> alright well I can't wait to see the grand pyramid of Romania oh, it's going to be glorious it shall be there shall be traps if you try to steal my body <laughs> I shall be gilded so you want to jump into yeah big P let's do her alright listener we are happy to announce that we are announcing the, well, it will be going live when this episode airs, yep. our Patreon, finally. 
Yay! Yay! Patreon. That's not. I mean, that's a preempt. We're preemptive celebratory. Yay! But we're we're going for the lowest funded Patreon of all time. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've got a good shot at it. Um, but uh, listener, what this is about is uh, we do this for you. Uh, we do this because we've got a small group of people that have stuck with us for, I mean, over a year, right? Like well, yeah. like well over a year and a half and coming up on two years actually in a few months. Um, and we have to fully self-fund this thing. And we've been able to do that, but there are significant costs to it, to doing it. Um, I would say that if you factor in equipment purchased and website hosting and fees and uh, the graphic design software that we use, uh, it'd be over a hundred bucks a month um, or close to it. And so what we're just doing is throwing it out there to see if people want to donate. And with Patreon, it's not like you just throw money at us. Um, right. You get stuff you get from stuff. it. <laughs> and. So when we thought about it, we thought, well, do we want to do things like, you know, you Patreon this amount, we give you some mug with our logo or a t-shirt or some crap like that. And we thought no. And we thought, thinking of our listener, that what listener would really want is to have the ability to basically help influence the show mm-hmm. and different topics um, and more content right. and different kinds of content. I know you'll be getting into that with the goals. Yeah. So I think maybe the goals are where we want to start. And then I'll talk about the different kind of financial tiers sure. that we take to get okay. those goals. That's so cool. why don't you handle that? Okay. Bit? So we figured that it would, we prefer, like, I, I, I don't really, I don't care about the value, the money value really, but like what I like, I would like to foster the community. And so our goals are uh, Patreon like numbers of Patreon specific as opposed to dollar values because because I mean really I don't know I just felt like the page I just I just felt like the patron specific was was the way to go for us so we have uh I think five no six six different goals that we've kind of mapped out which of course can possibly change depending on the growth but uh first goal is going to be at five patrons um, we're going to start, you know, try, trying to wrap up our, our YouTube channel. I'm going to be really focusing on getting all of our uh, episodes, our regular podcast episodes available on the YouTube channel for those that may prefer that as a listening method, for one. Um, especially if YouTube Premium is so easy. You can just... Oh, man, I yeah. love YouTube Premium. Yeah. Very much worth it. <clears throat> Not sponsored by YouTube Premium. <laughs> we, we honestly are. We just... We, we watch YouTube and we shoot ourselves in the face right. if we didn't have Premium. <laughs> <clears throat> but what I've, want, what I've wanted to start to do is um, doing some, like, video game Let's Play uh, videos. And those will go up on YouTube. So if we hit five patrons, that's something that I'll be able to devote some time to. And um, getting at least... Get a guaranteed one video a month. Length, I haven't quite worked that out yet, but that's that's the that's the general gist. And then we jump to uh, at fifteen patrons. Um, I'll be launching a new series of bonus episodes called "Learning with Leland," and this is something that I uh, I've really been thinking about doing for quite a few months actually, and would love to be able to set some s- devoted time to it. It's basically very much like down the rabbit hole 
Mm-hmm. Um, but of, in audio form, though, strictly. Um, kind of just diving into topics, like random topics, like things, I mean, not random, related to board games, um, video games, and movies uh, is going to be the focus, obviously. But because that's, well, that's what we're about. Uh, but I want to like deep dive some like in some topics that may I might find interesting. Someone else might find interesting. Um, you know, maybe bring on bring on a guest uh, and like t- teach them. I haven't quite worked that out yet, but I don't know. And I'm thinking of doing uh, a, like a pilot at one hmm. soon. Okay. There's actually a topic that I kind of want to dive into. It's not, of course, it's not board game or video game or movie related. But actually, what I wanted to look into was like the history of, um, like the naming of generations. Hmm. I was curious the other day. Um, I was having a chat with a Twitter buddy of mine, John Detmer, um, and I was like, "Wow, who names these generations? And like, what's the meaning behind some of these names?" So I don't know. I was kind of curious in that. So maybe I'll do like a mock-up episode or something. Are we? <clears throat> are you talking generations like? Yeah, like, like Gen people, X, like Gen millennials. X like, where are these? Where do these okay. names come from? I was oh, kind of curious. Cool. I've never looked into that. Oh, I think you have good potential doing this because I remember the when you did that super in-depth research for that Pretty terrible. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And I that was legit, kind of the catalyst. Yeah, it really was because yeah. okay. I, I really enjoyed putting. Well, it and together. it was good, coherent information. God knows it was almost a full episode's worth of it. <laughs> That's so true. That's it's true. like, this is the natural thing. <laughs> it's so the it's natural like step, step for you, Dewey. <laughs> <laughs> so so if we have 15 patrons, that's going to be like a once-monthly thing. So let us get there. Okay. And then we jump to 20. This is just going to, again, increase the, the let's video Let's Plays uh, on the YouTube channel. Just kind of bolstering it again. Um, next goal is 50 patrons. So at 50 patrons, this is where basically we're going to be breaking even um, on all of our associated costs. And again, it's also going to let us um, look into more upgrades, software, hardware upgrades. Um, I mean, the the software that we're going to all need to do the video, the the Let's Play videos, isn't going to be covered until basically this level too right Mm -hmm. so yeah i mean this is not to fund the ferraris that we just put down payments on with credit we don't have it's not to pay for those listener right but no (laughs) it's all going towards the show it's to pay for the winter tires that we need for (laughs) (laughs) that's right um the fifth goal is that 100 patrons this is just again we're just going to be ramping more content uh more let's play videos and a guaranteed regular bonus episode a month in addition to the Leland Let's Play stuff. So that's a, that's a ton of extra content that uh, we'll be able to put out and that we want to put out. And you'll for sure get me at this level. I mean, it. I, yeah. I'm expecting to get to this level tomorrow because <laughs> you shoot to this level, you get Momobi. Momobi. Momobi, Momobi, That's all that I always say. <laughs> and our last... Last goal is is a uh, five hundred patrons, the pipe dream goal. Um, this is gonna like these funds will go to like getting us out to different conventions like uh, board game conventions or even just like um, packs or different video game conventions. Um, and we'll legit go and yeah. we will sign the one autograph for the 
homeless person that mistakes us for someone famous. And we won't even charge that homeless person. No. <laughs> in fact, we may buy them something as we tear up in things. Maybe, maybe. them yeah. wanting her out of that. <laughs> so, I mean, again, this is... We have no dreams or aspirations, real dreams or aspirations of hitting 500 patrons. That's That seems insane to me, but... Uh, yeah, we should we should shoot for the stars, though. We should uh, look forward, so... Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so what I'm going to do here is go over our tiers. And again, our tiers are designed um, about introducing... Our tiers are about giving you more influence over the show, <clears throat> starting small and getting bigger. So at the first level, we've got the Marty monologue. And... No, sorry. I'm looking at the wrong part. <laughs> Bad movie. Okay, at the first level, we've got the Holla from T-Hud. So that is $2 or more per month. And what you get is a shout-out in the next episode after pledging. And you get an invite to our Patreon-only Discord channel. Discord. Discord. Yep. Discard. <laughs> We're going to discard <laughs> you out of the channel. Um, so yeah, so that's just, uh, between two, that's just for two bucks a month. Hell of a bargain listener. Hell of a bargain. <laughs> I'd buy that for $2. <laughs> and speaking, speaking of fair value at $5 per month, you get Moby banter. Mm. And that is basically you get everything. You get your new stuff plus the stuff before. So for Moby banter, you get a shout out in the next episode after pledging. You get an invite to our Patreon only discord channel. And you get a personalized podcast message once a year. So that could be, you know, for your birthday. That could be just something funny. Uh, you could announce your divorce to listener Gabe. <laughs> <laughs> you can use it for whatever you want. Uh, Marty can speak to his boss in uh, proper ways that he'd like to speak to him oh, for the message. I'm just, just kidding, listener. Okay, um, so up in the stakes here, baby. Up in the here stakes. Here we go. This is my favorite one. At $10 per month, Leland Rage. Mm. We've seen it a few times. It burns hot. And it burns <laughs> It <long>. burns bright. <laughs> so you get a shout out in the next episode. You get the invitation to the Discord channel. You get your personalized podcast message once a year. And in addition to that, you will get to pick a segment topic of your choice. So you'll get to pick one segment uh, for us to do. Um, depending on how many patrons we get, this may be a yearly thing. It may be a one-time thing. You know, when we snag that 500 patrons, we can't do it. There's only so much of us to go around, listener. <laughs> but uh, to start, it'll be a segment topic of your choice. So you can basically pick anything you want, as long as it's within the three topics or a hybrid. Okay. At $15 per month, the legendary. Oh, boy. The infamous. The infamous. <laughs> the having disappeared suddenly. The Marty monologue at $15 per month. So you get your shadowed. You get the invite to the Discord. I mean, it's already good. It's already 15 bucks worth a month. It's a bargain. It's a bargain. It's a bargain. You get a personalized podcast message. You get the segment. Oh, baby, do you get the segment. And then... You get a one-time personalized video or MP3 message by us. Whatever you would like that message for. I mean, this is this is like celebrity level stuff. They have a website <laughs> for Zed grade celebrities right. to do these videos. And yeah. now where we're doing We're offering it for we're, you on the cheap. We're like X grade or Y grade. But yeah. 
Or even above that. It could be it could be your answering machine message. It could Absolutely. be your ringtone. It could be could just be what puts you to bed at night. We could exactly. sing you a lullaby. We could do we could do anything for you. Yeah, absolutely. We'll sing you a happy birthday. Uh, we'll, I don't know. We'll we'll do some Dewey Cox lines yeah. for you. Whatever whatever you want. I'll I'll talk dirty to you. <laughs> he will. I won't. But, <laughs> but the offer is there. Listen, I'll do anything. The 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 offer is anything. Okay, and then our final. Our final one, at $20 per month, for the big spender, listener, condescending controversy. Now you get everything before. You get the MP3 message of the video. You get the segment. You get the Discord. You get the personalized podcast message. You get the the, the shout-out, baby. You get everything. But on top of all of that, for one time, you get to be a guest producer you pick a theme for an entire bonus episode, which we will research and record and release. You pick the episode. I promise I will actually do research for it, too. Leland will do research <laughs> for it. He will. He will do research for it. I will enjoy existing there in the same room, occasionally offering my thoughts. No, I'll put, I'll put in some effort. Um... So yeah, that would be the final level. So at that level, you are literally constructing an episode by telling us what to do. And as long as it's within our, our scope and our topics, um, we'll do it for you, listener. Full yeah, one episode. Totally. So that's it. Uh, we will start um, discussing our Patreon our pa- yes, our Patreon um, at the end of each episode and we'll we'll be linking to it. Yeah, and uh, the, all the links will be on our website. Links will be too, on the website. So, so please, uh, listener, like it's it's up to you. You absolutely don't have to, but it's there if you want to support us. Yeah, and uh, yeah, cool. Yeah. All right, let's move on to some good stuff now. You ready to move on to the condescending controversy? Oh boy, let's move on to the twenty dollar patch pledge level. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> This, this this is rich rich stuff here. All right. Well, you incepted this bad boy, so why don't you... Uh... Yeah, I mean, this is a pretty simple premise. So uh, Space Jam, a movie most of us enjoyed as kids, is being remade. It's being remade with... Like, okay, okay. It's it's They're calling it Space Jam 2. Okay. It's soft reboot, sequelized. I mean... Pretty much every fucking sequel is a soft reboot these yeah, days. Yeah, I know, but... We'll play the Monsters 2! Well, uh, see, that's the thing, though. I don't know... We have There's no plot details, right? So I don't know if it's, like... Are they going to make funny chide references to Michael Jordan? Well, see, we don't know. And so the whole point of this condre- condescending controversy is not about what that content should be, but should this sequel even exist right. anyways? Right. And... I will be arguing that it does, and it should exist. Okay. And Leland has prepared a copious Bible of opposing information <laughs> and trivia to combat me. I will be arguing why this is unnecessary. Unnecessary. Right. It is completely necessary. I haven't pulled that one out in a while. Like, this is unnecessary. This doesn't make any sense. Well... This is um, Warner Brothers shitting the bed and all their DC properties and needing to make money somewhere else. This is about reintroducing Looney Tunes and Bugs Bunny to a whole new generation which could entirely reignite the franchise. 
Okay. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Round one to Moby. <laughs> Does it need to be reignited? Yeah. Looney Tunes and Bugs Bunny and all that shit. You never hear about them anymore. I know, but and you like... Can, you combine that with... because Disney has the market, man. Why bother competing? Because if you go all in Disney with LeBron James and some other famous players, which is what Space Jam is... And you give that a wide theatrical release, you can get the whole shebang back on the road. Uh, I'm going to... I don't know about that. I really don't think this is... I'm going to condescendingly stare at you as you this, do on Okay, that. you're thinking that this is the launching point to put Looney Tunes back on the map. Oh, absolutely. You think that we're going to be... After this, we're going to see a series of Looney Tunes-centered, possibly more live-action animated movies com- combinations afterwards. If it hits, like I think it would hit. If it hits, like mm-hmm. I think it would hit. I think it's hitting at the perfect time where 90s nostalgia is starting to creep back, uh, where, I mean, honestly, Looney Tunes is beyond life support at this point. It needs a shot like this. and But you've also got LeBron James, and you're not going to have him around so much longer because he's my age. He's not going to play top-level basketball that long. And so you do it. You do it when he's at the last time. You put all these stars. Basketball is popular. There'll be the nostalgia effect. I'll see it. I'm going to theaters to see it. And uh, I think you're going to get a big... big I'll go with you. I'll definitely see it. Three times. (laughs) Okay, well, I'm going to preface with this. Like, I don't give a shit about LeBron James. I got nothing riding on LeBron or riding on MJ, Michael Jordan. I'm in neither fanboy of either of those two players um but okay uh, are we gonna get right into this are we gonna okay yeah, you know what I, I think this is a good this is a good tangent to some of my some of my trivia that i have okay, okay. shoot where this is where i see that um like that plan is not going to work that okay. plan doesn't work okay so they already tried to do this with the original space jam okay there were plans in the works to do this after this insane success of space jam financially despite it being average or so so for critics Mm -hmm. okay so originally the the sequel back in the early 2000s they wanted to do a sequel with jackie chan and it was going to be a spy movie wow but that fell through and it became looney tunes back in action starring brendan fraser and jenna elfman Mm. Uh, which was a bomb. Yeah, absolutely. I have the numbers here. So it grossed $68.5 million worldwide on an $80 million budget. So not good. Not good. Also, there were rumors that uh, and plans, and this was from a tweet from Tony Hawk himself uh, recently, saying that they there was in the works for a skate jam with, oh, really? with Tony Hawk and the Looney Tunes would be skateboarding. And so, okay. like, plans to to basically, like, serialize this this jam, sport plus jam, right, with a bunch of different athletes. Wow. Like, could you imagine what that would have done for... That badminton jam? Yeah, um, like, <laughs> that would have been bizarre. Jam, which actually would have been awesome. Dodgeball jam would have been cool. But, I mean, like, high-profile athletes, right? Yeah. But I mean, like at the time the Space Jam was made, Michael Jordan, like, was and and could arguably say is still the most commercialized professional athlete, like yes. that has ever existed. So far, like, which they made fun of that in the the actual movie right. itself, which yeah, is pretty cool, yeah. Um, um, 
Actually, so the inception for Space Jam, I'm just going to back up to some trivia, came from a uh, 1992 Super Bowl 26 Nike commercial, an Air Jordan commercial, uh-huh. uh, which uh, I just watched the other day, which is funny. But like it, that was like, hey, we have something. And then they, it was pitched to Warner Brothers and they greenlit it. And four years later, it comes Space Jam. Um, but I don't I just don't think it's going to work. Really? Like what? Okay, so what is the difference between it working now and then it falling through twenty years ago? Well, I mean, I mean, fifteen more like fifteen years ago. But well, so I, what, mean, what, I mean, what first of all, it never thing? happened. Like it never truly happened. Right. So it's it's hard to argue and say like, oh, there this thing was a failure that did not occur and that transmuted into a Brendan fucking Fraser and Jenna Elfman movie. I okay, mean, so. I will say, okay, so Space Jam 2 is being produced by Ryan Coogler of uh, Black Panther. Yeah, fame. yeah. Very um, hot, hot okay. director. He's not directing it, or, though. Or he's producing it. So I don't know what that's, I don't know what that means. Um, and, like, did you see the, the movie with LeBron in it from 2015? I, did you end up seeing that? I, that I actually watched his Apparently clips. Apparently he was very good. I watched his clips, and he was good. Yeah, okay. I didn't watch the movie. I watched his clips because okay. I was so intrigued. But I mean, again, we're not arguing the value of this particular. We're arguing why it needs to exist. I just, I just don't think if this is their, this is the if this is the reason that WB is is revamping this after twenty plus years, uh, then I think it's they're they're kidding themselves. Well, I, I have it a bunch of reasons. Doesn't matter how good Space Jam Two is with LeBron James, the next movie is gonna suck. Oh yeah, if you're saying Space Jam Three would suck, no. Any Looney Tunes movie afterwards is going to suck. In comparison to Space, Space Jam Yes, 2? Space Jam 2 could be great. It could be phenomenal. But any follow-up they try to do is going to fall flat. And they're going to get into the same thing. They're going to come. They're going to have a back in action after they're... You're making one hell of an assumption right there. That's not an assumption. That's a guarantee, buddy. You're de- it's a guarantee. It's a guarantee. I guarantee. You guarantee that any Looney Tunes movie is automatically going to suck following Space Jam 2. Yes. I, I can very safely give you that guarantee. Well, I can very safely <laughs> say if you go to 7-Eleven and buy a lottery ticket, you're going to win. I mean, I'm just saying well, because who can prove me okay, wrong? Okay, but someone at WB has like, hey, I'm giving you the guarantee that any movie after Space Jam 2 is going to make us a ton of money. That's the exact. They're doing the exact opposite of that argument. That that's what they're putting their eggs in. That's what they're doing. I still think it's possible, even though it's a big bloated right, thing. Right. And and what else I'm going to say? Other reasons that it should exist. Okay. You've got an opportunity to do this thing with 3D graphics, which is going to look a hell of a lot better than the 2D shit looked like in 1996. Yes, Space Jam was bad. It was worse than Who Framed Roger Rabbit. It was. Yeah. Like, the, the animation quality, if you watch it, is poor. I think yes. they do that frame-stealing shit that they do in some of the cheaper, like, Batman the Animated Series that I don't like. They There's a way you can make cheaper Hollywood-style animation where just the animation sucks more. And I think they did that. Um, the cameos are all dated. Kids don't give a fuck about, like, Bill Murray, who's in it, or Dan Aykroyd, who's referenced in it. So, okay, okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. Again, we're not shitting on the original Space Jam. No, but what, what I'm saying is why it's necessary to sequelize and have a new one is because this one is so irrelevant. It is so culturally so irrelevant. So you are purporting that Space Jam was, in the late 90s, early 2000s, to a generation of children, me including, so impactful that it has since, in the 20 years 
of its release left this void that is yet unfilled. And Space Jam 2 with LeBron yeah. James is going to fill that void. Yeah, yeah. It would, and the <laughs> void is, the. it's like this awesome ability to co-market sports with children's animation and to bring kids into sports. Okay. And, I mean, that's it got me interested in basketball for a brief time. Yes, I, I, I will fully admit Space Jam did like that. Space Jam. Okay. I fucking loved Space Jam. I did oh too. That's what we're talking god. about. Oh, my God. Okay. This, yes, Space Jam made me start playing basketball. It made me believe I could fly. It fucking made me believe I could fly. That I could soar. Yes, I could see me running through that open door. The soundtrack for this movie was amazing. Okay, it was. Even like I've had Basketball Jones since since you wrote up the the outline for this. I've had Basketball Jones by Barry White and Chris Rock of all fucking people stuck <laughs> yeah. in my head for a goddamn week. I can't get it out of my head. I believe I can soar. There's, running through the door. So how how could Space Jam 2 compare to that? I just think that they would, well, especially with Ryan Coogler involved, I think that they would give it a reasonably good shot. I think LeBron is not a man that would give his license and his likeness to something that sucks. I think he's got an ego enough to get involved personally and make sure okay, that this he, thing is really, really good. He might see that they got a good script, but they haven't even started shooting yet. Well, no, no, and I'm not arguing that. I'm just saying LeBron's not going to let it shoot unless it's good. He fucking will do anything you pay him enough. For oh, he sakes. will not. Yes, he will. He will not. He purposely it has takes contracts that are short term so he can have the most flexibility for himself to be able to move on to better and bigger and things. And win. And win. Okay, but it's for the, it's a, it's still a fucking he's bottom competitive. line. Oh, he sure. And I'm not going to and, and he thinks he's better than Michael Jordan. He said that. He's hinted at that too. Yeah, cuz he's an arrogant son of a bitch. Yes, he is. He's not better than yes, Michael Jordan. Yes, he is. But when he gets buckling down to make this movie, he will see it as competing with Michael Jordan and his legacy, and he's going to try to kick Michael Jordan's movie's ass. And I think he's a good enough actor based off those okay. scenes that I saw that he can pull it off. I really do. All right. Okay. Again, I, I'm I not saying this movie is going to be gorgeous. Whatever. <laughs> Michael I'm, Jordan. I'm not <laughs> saying the movie is going to be shit. Which, again, we keep, like, verging into it. I know it's I know. hard not to argue but, about but that. But what I'm arguing, it's a, it's, it's going to, me, to though, work at you the can't, right time. Okay, but if we're going to be going and if you're going to be adding LeBron's work ethic, which may or may not be phenomenal and uh, admirable, okay, whatever. Um, as Okay, so, sorry, I'm going to tangent quickly. So, okay, LeBron's work ethic. Is LeBron as good as he is because of his, worth, his work ethic? akin to like Michael Jordan being as good as he was because of like natural athleticism like did Michael Jordan have the same work ethic or was he more naturally inclined to the sport and LeBron has elevated himself through his own work ethic I think LeBron has elevated himself okay. but I also believe that for the movie's sake that LeBron will do a hell of a better job like he'll he'll have more charisma he'll be a better lead actor in a right, movie film because he's working on the foundation of Michael Jordan ooh he is he yes he is I, a step up I, because Michael Jordan's already there i think if you were to tell him that he would probably like spit on you basically this, say you i'm cannot, doing my own thing i'm doing my own thing with this well guess what you are making a movie about basketball that about you playing basketball with the Looney Tunes characters. <laughs> you are not doing your own thing. What the fuck could they do in this movie that LeBron could say, this was my own thing compared to the original Space Jam? Oh, you, what the Christ? 
plot line could they have that does not culminate in a showdown on the basketball court? The point of the movie to get children excited about sports. You could do something about like, I don't know, aliens abducting bugs or something like that. Some crazy thing that they got to play for him. There's ways around That it. is the same plot. That is the same plot. But you're that you're that is the same fucking plot. Any plot that ends in an apocalyptic basketball game, you exactly. will see it as, as the same plot. Exactly. So sorry, LeBron, you are not doing your own thing right now. You are continually following in Michael Jordan's step footsteps. That is what this amounts to. That you is, are following in his footsteps, is, treaded territory. And that is bullshit. To to, he to, will do, to bring up to bring up the point of LeBron being able to kill it as an actor compared to Jordan being one. Okay, first they like, will find a way to differentiate it because he would rather skin himself than copy what Jordan did because he has to prove he's better because he's a cocky. How arrogant. fucking different can they make it? They cannot. They will not be different. Ask this Star, is going to be a force awakens. Ryan Coogler. Ask Ryan Coogler how he's going to make it better. He's just producing. Yeah, a producer has a lot of clout in how the movie shapes up. What script is chosen, what story goes. Then why doesn't he just fucking direct it then? Maybe he will. Maybe it'll be like Peter Jackson, where he always you know, says, <laughs> yeah, I, I want to executive side produce The Hobbit. Yeah, right? Okay, I am now dictator for The Hobbit. Right. I will be side producing right next to the camera. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I will be to the side of the camera. That's what happens when you make Gollum the second unit uh. director. But anyways, <laughs> um, I don't know. I see every possible reason to remake this thing, and I see every possible reason to, or to sequelize it right now. Every possible reason. You make it relevant again. You bring back the Looney Tunes. You cross-market the NBA. You, se- you secure LeBron's legacy in a way. Just go for it. Just do it. Firing on all cylinders, baby. All cylinders are punching. Okay, but I mean, like, I just feel that this entire endeavor is tainted. All parties are going to benefit, according to you. Yeah. And they're going to benefit financially. Yes, sir. Insanely financially. I agree. So that is what taints the wholesome feel of the original Space Jams for me. The the the, the connection to this this is it's all under this fucking umbrella of greed. You think the first Space Jam wasn't done under a fucking umbrella of greed? Look, the nineties were a different time. What the fuck does that mean, Leo? <laughs> that means Oh, money's different. You know, now we just get it zapped into microtrips by the time Space Jam 2 comes out. It's completely different. We're not going to cross market. I can't believe you just said that. <laughs> Listener. Listen, look, look, look. I, okay, the what happened in the past is done. You can't change that, but you can change the future. You can do something about the future. You can make it yeah, so you our make children. Movie. You can make it so our children can grow up being inspired by things that are not financially motivated. Dude, my whole job is to financially motivate people, and that's why. <laughs> what were you going to say? Say it, you bastard! Ruin this friendship. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Matt, Matthew Yamazaki says, "Decision movie." <laughs> <laughs> okay, wow, I've never lost a controversy a condescending controversy before. Well, you have now. I think I honestly did lose this one. Like it 
How's it feel? To no, I'm not even going to say it. No, this movie should not exist. This doesn't make any sense. Look, listener, we'll come see on you. and slam and walk up to the jam. We'll see you there on opening night, listener. Come That'll on and slam. Actually, no, Leland you want a jam. You just can't beat that. What, what are they going to have for a theme song for this dumb I actually movie? wrote they will remix the theme song way oh, better. Oh, I will better. be so way pissed. Better. Way better? Oh, remixes are almost always I'll better. I'll be so pissed. I'll be so pissed. I believe I could... Oh, so I believe It's going to be this dumb... Look, look, the okay. Door. The soundtrack, you know, the, the word that I will ascribe to the original Space Jam and the soundtrack is the word soulful. Okay. This Space Jam 2 is going to lack soul in oh, its, its music, so in its performance. It's going to lack soul. It's going to lack. It's going to lack humanity. They, you know what? What does Chris Rock do in these days? He he will pour everything into this song. Have his comeback. <laughs> everything he's got. Look, if they want to get a, to, and try to redo Basketball Jones and somehow if they can make it better, that is the only way I will get on board with this movie. All right. I will go and see it. And I will give it as my money. <laughs> well, I tip my hat to you today, Leland, for a noble effort. But we'll see oh, you there on opening night. Fuck. <laughs> what's next? All right. Well, what's next is your segment. Oh, crazy about cardboard. In which we're going to be talking about space-themed board games. I don't have any of the things pulled up. Okay. So <laughs> well, space-themed board games. Sorry, sorry. We had some full of points. Um, okay, so basically we're going to be like talking about some of our favorite ones, some ones that um, we want to play. Some that are overrated, maybe sure. we didn't like. Kind of the usual, but um, just all with a space theme. Let's let's get space out of our th- right, system so we do don't it. have to discuss it. You want to start with some, some of our favorites? Yeah, I do. And um, while you pull that up, I mean... You know, this was almost the first thing I wrote prepping the episode. My favorite space theme board game is so beyond obvious. It's not. It's barely not even a talking point. I mean, it's it's Ti Four. For yeah. a, I know. It, it can't not be Ti Four, which no. I think I've said is my favorite board game I've ever played. Maybe next to Axis and Allies Global, and but certainly the ones that we played. It's my favorite, even though I suck at it. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's to me. Right now, until I play more space-themed board games, it's TI4 and everything else. Yeah. It's just on its own level. Well, I I don't know if you want to rank it later, but I'm interested where TI4 ranks for you in this sort of space game thing. Like? I mean, not, oh, not like a specific numbered rank, but like, is it way up there? Is it like, meh, you know? Like, uh, compared to space games in general? Yes. Oh, yeah. No, no. It's at the top, for it's sure. Top. Yeah, yeah. No, it is. Um, but, like, there's so many that I haven't played. There's so many I own that we haven't played. I know. As I was going through some of these, I think you may own two that I really, really want to play. I would two not doubt that. I could I could guess. I could tell you them. Yeah. In fact, I yeah, you could tell me those two. You could two. tell you them, yes. Okay. So, like, yeah, so. TI-4 is the... the yeah, Tier Four is my favorite space game ever. Like it's insane. Like it's just so epic. It's so so over the top. It's so satisfying on the table. It's so engaging. It's. I mean, we we've talked for half an episode on it, right? It's just mm-hmm. yes, that was easy easy choice. Uh, but like some other ones though. Um, okay, my I would say my second favorite, and this is kind of where we I've split hairs on like between like space theme and then it's a very fine line between space theme and like even just like sci fi. A lot of time, right? But like my favorite, my my second favorite space game 
is Escape from the Aliens in Outer Space. It's a hidden movement game where you all have your own personal map. Everyone's map is identical. A little little dry erase board. And you are moving around. You're either a human or an alien. If you are the humans, you are being hunted. If you are the aliens, you are the hunter. And the goal for the humans is to get to the escape pods. The goal for the aliens, kill all the humans. That's actually my second favorite. It's so fun. That, that it is, is weird. such a great... I, okay, one, I love hidden movement games. They're, they're one of my... I would say they could very well be my second favorite board game mechanic is hidden movement. Um, it's it's just a really great game. But you know what? There is a level of like you've got this little like you said dry erase board, but somehow it's like nerve wracking as fuck. It's, it's so nervy. Fuck. If you're I know. a human and you're trying to escape, oh, you man. don't know where the alien is and that he could come spin out. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and you know what? When you're an alien and you're like mid to late game and you have no idea where the where the like two of last four humans are, you're like, uh, what? Where are they? Like you're so like lost, and it's it's a different kind of tenseness. Yeah, but like it's always it's always fun. Um, even it's you know what actually, what I I think one becomes my favorite point is like even when like one uh, alien is like outed where they've tried to like attack and like so you know they're an alien and like you always know where they are and that just makes things even more intense i think Mm -hmm. like weirdly like it's almost counterintuitive to the point of the game almost right right um yeah fuck i love escape from the aliens on space yeah absolutely so i mean since that was my second as well i might as well jump to my third sure um we only actually played it once but i had a hell of a lot of fun when we played it um I just want to make sure I got the game right because I was trying to look it up. Space Truckers, where you build that spaceship. Oh, Gal- Galaxy fly. Trucker. Or Galaxy yes, Truckers. Galaxy Truckers. That was so fun and original. Yeah. It's bonkers <laughs> because your ship is like getting assembled. and Which is fun to do. It's fun to do, but yeah. it, it sometimes comes out as, as bullshit in parts. Yeah. <laughs> and then suddenly this thing's flying and under attack and being blown yeah. to pieces. Yeah, meteors and... and- pirates and and it was so much fun just just the fact that the game had these two phases and uh, that's you like completely completely distinct phases and i really really enjoyed that and what tells you how much i enjoyed it was we only played that once like i said and when you first got into this board game thing seriously that was near the beginning it really was like it's been it's been like at least two years at least two years and i still remember it when i'm like favorite board games boom like in space wow that's i didn't know that made that impact on you that's cool yeah that's cool man i don't know why i haven't bust that out we gotta bust yeah we should we should yeah we got it um well i'm gonna say okay so i'll go i'll go for a third yeah galaxy trucker was like right out there for me too it's fun it's just fun um a lot of people love that game um but again i'm splitting hairs between like space and like sci-fi but like i gotta go with legendary encounters alien i mean mm. is this, does that count does that really count as a space game i mean i i yeah you know what oh yeah yeah i'll give it okay good because game, yeah. i love that game but it's so fucking hard it is but like i've played it a lot solo and i think that's where my affection okay. comes for it okay um uh yeah that's a that's a that's a if you were to get one legendary game that would be the one to get. Oh, definitely. I think it works really well with the aliens pouring yeah. through. I think they're like the perfect beastie to have come crawling. They totally are. And they stuff totally like are, yeah. That. See them marching yeah. across the complex. And it's just, it's so, it is fear-inducing seeing yeah, them come. it is. 
And when you start to lose, you start to lose like movie losing. So it's like someone gets torn <laughs> apart. Yeah. Someone you know is going to yeah. die on the next yeah. turn. Someone's got a chest burst or about to explode out of them. <laughs> and it's, it's like, Marty, I loved you so much. Um, okay. Um, I have one overrated. I don't know okay. if you have an overrated. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, what's, what's yours? What's well, yours? it might come as a surprise because I've actually said I like this game a few times, but... I don't know if it's overrated in the community. I have no idea. But as I think about it in comparison to the other games, I'm like, yeah, which is flip ships. Um, you think it's overrated? I think it's overrated. Oh. When I think what it is, essentially flipping pogs. Yeah. And then some of them have certain special abilities, which are okay. Some of them. And then I think the boss fight is <laughs> shitty. Like I like the idea that the boss is this huge thing. That moves, that, but it's so hard to hit that boss with the mechanics of the game. It's legit yeah, it's so hard. It's Although I was, pl- I played this a lot with with uh, the listener Ors, and they were both very good at this game. Really, I am garbage at this game, mm. but they're like we've won with. I like I've won with them, basically wow. riding their coattails. So, I don't know. I don't know. Like I'm terrible at this game. I'm terrible at dexterity games in general, which is why. I, Typically, why I don't really like them, but uh, okay, I would say I don't. I'm not sure that this is overrated in the community uh, overall. I think um, the I remember when this first came out, uh, it got a lot of hype, um, but a lot of a lot of the like intrigue factor was around like the box cover, which is an ambigram where you could read it upside down or right side up. That's mm-hmm. what an ambigram is, right? Mm-hmm. So the way it's you know stylize the the text or whatever it's it's an ambigram um okay that's interesting wow yeah i totally i did not expect that you did not expect expect that that. um do you have some sucky games some game space games you didn't like um okay well like underperformers like like you mentioned it i think last episode not alone yeah um that's an underperformer for me and again that's that is kind of more sci-fi as opposed to strictly space i mean we didn't really define space but i think it's a a a fine umbrella to put it under i kind of cheated on this but i think you'll see my point um as i was researching all these different games i kept coming up with this stupid licensed shit like star trek monopoly star wars monopoly star trek Catan, and it started to really Uh, frustrate me star trek Catan actually looks cool though i yeah yes it's like because you you get you like are like captains and like you get like and like characters and like, it's different than normal you could be yeah and, you, and the the characters have their own like special abilities mm. like they get so <laughs> but i i understand where you're coming from yes i just you know what happened is i was researching i came against license game after yeah, license yeah. game and i started to get ticked off and there are certain games that were like this is so rapidly overpriced just to take it yes. i had a i was soured as a kid um my parents as a kid bought me a number of packs for the Star Wars collectible card game. Oh. And it sucked. It was terrible. Oh. And even as an adult, I actually looked up the mechanics online and the instructions. Like, wow, was I a kid and just didn't understand? I was like, no, it's totally just a shit game. Just shit yeah. game. Like the combat was so abstract using something called attrition, which is basically like, you know, you have a bunch of characters there. And you have a certain amount of points you have to deduct. So it's not like you're actually fighting anyone. Like you want lightsaber fights. You want gun fights. But it's like no attrition. You'll have to like just remove something because you have to remove a certain amount of points. Oh, and weird. It's just, 
Like, you know what? If I want to play a game where I have to junk old cars or something <laughs> due to the lot being full, you know, I'll do that. Right. So, um, huh. so that really kind of started the thing. And I, I don't know if that was made by Lucas Arts directly or whatever, but it started me on this path of just being like, there's way too many space licensed games out there and just like throw space. Yeah. Well, you know, I think uh, that, and I think that um, says something about like space and sci-fi in pop culture in general those like some of those very very popular ips mm-hmm. like space centered um like i had start uh star wars monopoly growing up <laughs> it was like the stupid it was just it was it was just you know classic yeah. monopoly reskin like nothing different yeah and i, um, I hate that yeah <laughs> okay well how about some uh that you want to play okay there are so the two i should just get out of the way that the two that you know or I can even go one at a time. So Rebellion. I really yeah, want to play Star Rebellion. Wars Rebellion. Star Wars Rebellion. Uh, looks very similar to a 90s um, computer game that I played. Empire versus Rebels with different ships and whatnot. And almost a little bit like TI4 in that there's planets or spaces that you got to take. Yeah, kind of. Um, so we haven't played that yet, but that that's really much – that that's on my list. Yeah. So uh, how about you go, go for one? Yeah, Rebellion's on my list too, but um... – Man, there's there's literally so many. Um, like, okay, top of my list is Forbidden Stars. Mm-hmm. It's a 40k Warhammer themed uh, like 4x game. Ooh, nice. Out of print though. Um, so it was originally printed by FFG. Um, you know, a few years ago they had uh, a, a bit of a working relationship with um, the 40k guys and. Um, where they would be able to produce some of some like licensed 40k games for them basically that agreement no longer stands it doesn't exist anymore meaning forbidden stars is well out of print and um although i could you could get a copy for about 140 bucks i was looking at yesterday you could get a copy of it for 140 dollars on amazon which actually isn't too bad compared to this other another one on my list which is insane um do you want to hit me with another one yeah, and I'll, I might as well hit you with the other one you're probably expecting, which is the Battlestar Galactica board game. You do have that, right? Oh, no, I There's actually no don't one. have that Oh, one. shit, okay. That was not what I was waiting. Um, okay. But okay. I, I, on my list as well, that one is also well out of print and difficult to Ooh, get. Because when I looked that up, like it had pretty glowing reviews from fans. Yeah, They're like, a lot this of is people like awesome. it. And you know, I've heard that a lot, like you don't have to be a fan of BSG to enjoy that game either. No. It's, and, a, it's, a, it's also, I've heard that it's very long. Like it's a, it's on the longer side, um, but saving grace, a I've also heard a similar experience, very similar game is uh, the thing infection at Outpost Thirty One, which came oh. out, which came out last year. How um, did I not find that on my list when I was looking? Because I love the fucking thing. I know I really would love to get that, um, but apparently it plays similarly to BSG. So if you can't get BSG. You can get the thing and maybe and get a similar experience, I guess. But okay, yeah. But no, I would love to own Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> yeah, I've heard, and I've also heard. Um, I think it's the Pegasus expansion that makes the game like even better. Wow! So because they expanded and they basically ex- had an expansion for like every season after the first, basically. So like the next expansion box correlated to events from like the following season. Well, if you want to make some money. Get the fourth expansion because they'll pay you to take it <laughs> for how bad the fourth season was. <laughs> oh, look. 
Well, what? Hot dog screwing cow. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't even talk about that. Blasphemy. Blasphemy. Uh, okay, well, I no, I wasn't exactly. Actually, the one I th- thought you might have said was Star Trek Ascendancy, which is one I own. Um, fuck, I want to get that game to the table. So the base game is a three-player only game where you play as the, the Federation. One player plays as the Federation. One player plays as the Romulans. The other player plays as Klingons. And it's a, it's a 4X game, so... You were nice. literally like exploring and exterminating, exploiting, and expanding. Um, yeah, we should uh, rope Marty into getting that to the table. I'd be, I'd be down. Yeah. yeah. So I missed the story. Do you want to get this one, or do you have this one? I have it. You I own this it. one. Yes, oh, I own this one. Yes. I got it uh, a few months ago. I think I got a. It was on sale. I think. I, yeah. yeah, definitely. Let's rope Marty into this. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm excited. I, I really want to fucking play it. And there's like a bunch of expansion races too. Oh, um, nice. Even there's like a, a Borg expansion, which <gasps> which allows you to play solo too, which is Whoa. really cool. Yeah, <laughs> resistance is futile ah. to this game. <laughs> do, um, do you have any more? Yeah, well, I have two more. Oh, okay. And so along that line, um, there's one called Star Trek Fleet Captains, which oh, is yes. very interesting. Yeah. Um, we used to play. You played it with me if, at least once. The Artemis uh, Space Bridge Simulator. Bridge yeah. sim- simulator. Where you were all on the bridge of a Star Trek-like ship, and you all had your own consoles and stuff. And I don't think this is exactly like that, but I think it's close. It's like a command, intuitive-based game. And I mean, I don't know too much about it except again, glowing reviews. Board looked cool. People yeah. said it was a lot of fun. Yeah. And so that's on my list. Um, that's a good pick. Do you have any more? Yeah, okay. I mean. Um, okay, so the other one, the other really pricey outer print one is uh, Zaya Legends of a Drift System. And you could get this one on Amazon for like $300. Oh, wow. <laughs> Crazy. Now, this one is interesting. I don't know. I'm just really drawn to this one, even though it kind of got so-so reviews. Um, I think there was some some problems with some of the mechanics. It's it's a little bit older. I think it's from 2015. Um I guess that's not that old. But in terms of like mechanic implementation, even that three or four years um, can make a difference in some game. It's so, not like as broken as Scythe, the pacifist board game. <laughs> <laughs> well, apparently like you can, I mean, you're exploring random sectors. There's a like, you roll a d20 and there's a one in 20 chance that you will just jump into a sun and die. (laughs) Okay. Like that kind of stuff. (laughs) You know, it's funny because we've got something in our imaginarium for future topics on chance versus like... Right, random versus chance. chance. Yeah, Yeah, that's that's definitely an argument again. (laughs) Totally. Yeah. So, um, okay. Well, the last one is... uh, This one may be the one I most want to play out of all. And I'd be surprised if you haven't heard of it, at least heard of it. It's called Space Hulk. Oh, yeah. And so basically it Good appears to be like a D, D&D sort of like dungeon crawler. It's uh, you, you can play multiplayer, but you have to have two player partners. Right. And uh, yeah, it basically looks like you go through exploring yep, This Space is Hulk. another 40K themed game. Um, Out of print? Yeah, so this one, uh, a couple years ago, it had a fourth edition printing. This is another one under the FFG. Um, why am I blanking on the 40K guys? Who does 40K? Warhammer? Warhammer? Yeah, but no, what's the name of their company? It's like Ga- Gamesworks or whatever. Another one of their 
collaboration things. So yes, this one is again difficult to get. But yeah, fuck, this is like one of the very first games I ever looked at when I got into this hobby, and it was out of print then. So <laughs> wow, yeah, um, yeah, no, this is cool. So actually, there is uh, a very recent video game. Oh man, well, I'm blanking on the name, but it, that is literally just a video game version of this game. Ooh, of I would Home. be interested. In that. Um, like. Uh, yeah, it's like a like a it's tur- like a turn based like tactical like overhead, but then you can also like go into first person view as you're that controlling cool. the dudes. If you ever remember what that game is, I will. Know. I have it written down somewhere because I am very interested in, in getting it. Well, let's partner uh, up, baby. Saddle up. <laughs> there you go. Uh, yeah, so that's a good choice. I did. I totally forgot about that. That's a really good choice. Um, but that's all I have. So okay. whatever you have, just bang I've it. got. Um, Eclipse is supposed to well when Eclipse came out it was like touted as like the Twilight Imperium killer it's supposed to be like a little like a little bit of condensed like shorter Twilight uh, Imperium but it's more like it's more it's more on the Euro game side um, but it's supposed to be really good too and the other one I had written down was a Gaia Project which is like a spiritual successor to terraforming uh sorry not terraforming Mars uh, Terra Mystica which I own. Um, Supposed to be really good, very like more on the complex side, right? Um, well, that was actually another one under my favorites. I forgot to mention. Now that it reminds me, is Terraforming Mars is a great game. Mm. Um, that one might be a little overhyped. People love the fuck out of that game. Holy shit! I don't. I don't think we've played that one. No, we haven't. It's literally you, you play a corporation, and the game is played over like generations of these corporations terraforming Mars to make it habitable for human existence. Hmm. Um, it's like a card driven I've mentioned it I've talked about but it but I think it may have been with you when you bought it because I see you were yes a very you dramatic were. moment of no yes yeah no, when, when I no, bought I, it for it's ridiculous overpriced exactly. $80 at the time I cannot I mustn't when, I must when you could get it for like 45 now <laughs> yeah there's a ton of expansions I remember that yes yeah, so you were with me yeah that's funny oh, never, that's a good game though it's good not worth 80 bucks but it's a good game hmm. some people may say it's worth 80 bucks but I don't know. Okay. Cool. All right. Well, well, what makes these space games so enjoyable? Is it the space theme? You know, I think it actually touches a little bit on... I think there's a couple points I wanted to bring up. One is actually related to when you're talking about your favorite games. You know, space is kind of hard to define what a space game is. And so you can do an alien planet game where it all takes place on that planet it feels like a space game if you're armed with you know you're fighting aliens or whatever but space is really good for 4x2 because yes. you can put so that many anomalies and just use planets and planets can be very simple yeah. for the resources they bring i think that whether or not they're bound to licensed properties i think that a lot of people had just a lot of gamers and nerds enjoy kind of space and science fiction stuff mm-hmm. and that there's these like tropes like even if they're not from licensed properties there's like tropes of like the space marine or the giant star cruiser or the hideous shape changing alien that you can throw in all these games and people just like it they like yeah. playing that kind yeah, of yeah i think so i think it's like this this crazy weird foreign unknown scary I don't yeah, know. scary, really scary. I think there's a lot. But of yeah, I think of, I think space, in particular, lends itself so 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 well to 4x, like you touched on. Mm-hmm. Like, it just makes the most sense to because otherwise you either have a 4x game that's a space setting, 
or it's a forex game like uh, ancient civilization like in the difference is you're bound to natural physics and resources and stuff like that like you can't right. you know if you have a forex based um space game the resources can be whatever the hell you want you can have the ships armed with whatever you want the aliens can do whatever you want they can shape shift they can cloak whatever if this is at all a earth-based kind of game you're bound by certain laws of realism which kind right. of encapture okay. your imagination yeah, yeah and i think yeah. your imagination go hog wild when it comes to space. yeah I, that's a good point he's gonna tell you all. yeah like all of these games most of these games we listed, I listed, I want to play are 4X games. I mean, like even our favorites, oh, TI4, yeah. uh, Star Trek Ascendancy, Eclipse, Zaya, Forbidden Stars. Like, are, these are all 4X games. It's like. I I just, I love the idea of 4X in general. Me too. And me too. Um, I don't know, maybe I'll selfishly buy you for birthday or Christmas some 4X board games. <laughs> yeah, oh, ha- really happy nice birthday to you, me, uh, you. <laughs> Hey, I'll I'll take it. I'll take it. He'll take it for whatever reason. <laughs> yeah, um, I think I don't okay, so like for my for myself, I was trying to think what draws me particular to space. Because like space scares the shit out of me. Space is as frightening to me as the bottom of the ocean is. Wow, really? So so scary. Like I do not think I would take the opportunity to go into space. Same as I would not take the opportunity to get on a submarine and travel 20,000 leagues. <laughs> it's like, Under this hi, Leland, your space capsule has a pin-sized hole. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good luck fitting out of that. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's scary stuff. It that is. scares me. Yeah. And Unless you're Princess Leia and you can fly around space using oh, force. Right. Completely course. unaffected Unless by your I was a, right. Unless I was a force user, then I'd be fine. So then, can can Leia and every other Jedi then travel to the bottom of the ocean and be fine? Probably. We have yet to really see a focus on an oceanic planet. I right. guess there's one where the where, they where Jar Jar the they live, right? They live underwater. Don't oh they? yeah, yeah. Didn't they swim? I guess. Oh uh, no, they didn't. I guess they conveniently took a boat, even though they could swim that oh, way. Right. They I were, mean, they uh, swam a little bit with the mouth breather thing, but they should be able to be like, yeah, they didn't need it. You know, yeah, they used the force. Wow. Akbar, on the other hand, he couldn't swim. No. Even though he's a fish. You yeah. saw him get blown out of that cruiser. Yeah. He ain't surviving nowhere. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I, so, so back to yeah. my point before we, <laughs> we digress. <laughs> so, like, the, I think the fear for me, and especially being drawn towards these 4X games, like, I don't know if it's, like, the conquering. Mm-hmm. Like, am I conquering this fear? Is that what's drawing me to these things? I don't know. But uh, they're very appealing to me. They're very appealing. I'm like mastering the element, or for lack of a better word, of space. Right. Hmm. Um, yeah, that's really interesting because um, for me, my my personal appeal goes to what I explained as what I thought was the more global appeal. And that's just me, I guess, projecting myself. But, you know, being a kid who was super into Star Trek, Star Wars, you know, playing these 4X games, these new space games brings back a little bit of that nostalgic feeling and so for me it's positive like i'm not afraid of space i would not want to go to space when we were kids okay this is a little little anecdote but when we were kids in grade six i had a friend and he was like kind of a leader of our group nerd and he wanted to he just like wanted 
us to design a spaceship and go through a black hole. And so we're kids, we didn't know any better. We're like, yeah, we'll do it. And so a bunch of kids and us started like making blueprints for the ship, you know, oh. had nice little bedrooms with lamps that we drew and <laughs> toys and stuff like that That's that cool. we bring. Yeah. But I was so petrified of space. I'm like, I'm, I'm not going any further than the space station above Earth. And then I want to go down <laughs> right away. I'm like, guys, this is the only way I'm going to go on our spaceship. And I'm like, okay, you coward. <laughs> That's funny. They're shitting on you for... Not wanting to go not going all the way hole. to imaginary space. You know what? No one now knowing what I know about galactic physics, go to the black hole, boys. Yeah, you're go fine. to the black you're hole. Fine. You'll, you'll just come out on the other side of the universe. You'll <laughs> just <good>. infinitely stretch. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I think I had a little note in the Imaginarium for does space lend itself well to board games? Well, hundred percent fuck yes. Yeah, clearly it does. I mean, yeah. Like Space and sci-fi in general, I think. Um, yeah, I th- well, I think, like you said, with the imagination thing, like that also applies to like designers and artists, mm-hmm. where they can apply their own imagination to the illustrations that you know that you may get. Like with TI four, I mean, you don't get much artwork, but like when you are your race, like your race is very distinct looking, and mm-hmm. you can picture yourself as that race. And possibly put yourself into the mindset of playing as that race just based off the artwork and your own imagination kind of thing, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, ready to move on? Yeah, let's do it. It's time for Movie Musings. This little segment called Battlestar Fuck Yestica. And <laughs> standing for Battlestar Galactica. Um, this is one of the very earliest topics, actually, you know, we we came up with back in the day. Battlestar Galactica was one of my favorite shows in my early 20s, if not my single favorite show. Wow. I love it to death. I own all of them on DVD. I have watched all of them on DVD since I bought them, except for season four, which is still wrapped. Um, (laughs) We'll get into that. Wow. Holy shit, did that show blow my mind in so many ways. It was really good. It... It added this level of like grit and dramatic realism to sci-fi that we never got. Even when you think of something like Star Trek Next Generation, which was like a more serious Star Trek. Like it held nothing to how dark and bleak um, and like mature Battlestar Galactica was. Like it took its subject matter so seriously and so did the actors. Mm -hmm. I mean that was probably if, if it had one fault which would be a minor fall, was it didn't have a ton of obvious humor in it because it just wasn't that kind of show. And yeah. the the effects for the time, for like the early 2000s, you know, I think started 2004, 2003 is the miniseries. Yeah. Those are good effects. They still yeah. hold up yeah. pretty well. Yeah, they're definitely watching. Lasers not so much, but the actual ships themselves, the models hold up. Yeah. Um, I thought the casting was spectacular. Yes, definitely. There's a lot of, a lot like, of stuff. great standout performances in, in the entire series, really. There's so many really good characters. Did you did you IMDB it at all in your research? Cause, no. Because no. when I did, there was a huge list of actors and characters that came up. It was like going down like literally 22 characters. I was like, like that character. Yeah, that character's uh, cool. That character's fine. Yeah. Even characters that only showed up in like 20, you know, 30 episodes through the whole series. Right. Um, one of them is on my top three character list. Mm. Uh, so 
I would like to guess at that character specifically. Yeah, I, I will let I you guess. I'll let you guess. I might know who that character. You might know. Um, but yeah, it was really well casted. Before yeah. we drill in deeper, what are your initial thoughts about Battlestar? Uh, yeah, no, I just remember being like sucked right into it. Um, yeah, that was like the best recommendation you've ever given us. Like, right. hands down. It's so... Yeah, no, I love it. I love it. I have only good memories. Well, okay, I have mostly good memories of that show. Yes, it was clearly with its faults, um, as was any series from the early 2000s. I mean, it just kind of... It, it had to conform to the way TV was given to to the audience at that time um so like 20 episode seasons lots of filler episodes um some okay some not okay but yeah overall um yeah i love it too it's so good it's so so good good. well um let's dive into some of the good stuff all right so um maybe maybe favorite characters is a way to go since we can sure touched on that um so yeah well we'll do that and then we'll maybe follow up with uh underrated or or, well we'll do we'll do general thoughts at the end um so favorite character uh maybe let's start with number three do you how many favorite characters do you have oh if any man there's so there's there's literally so many i i didn't really rank didn't really rank them okay that's fair. Um, I, okay, why don't you go with your first? I'll rank them. Right. I'll, I'll take top three right now. Okay. Well, I'm going to start with my three, my third favorite. Okay. But this is the one that you got to guess. This is the character who's. Only oh, oh, I think it is the uh, the female captain of the Pegasus. No, actually, oh, it should probably be fourth okay. or fifth. All right, all right. It's uh, Tom Zarek, played by oh, the original yeah, yeah. Richard Hatch, of the course. original Apollo. Yeah. I felt his character was the most complicated. Um, just interesting character. Mm-hmm. Like in the beginning, he's posed as he's a complete bad guy. He's he's an antagonist. He's gonna ruin everything for them and take you know take over from the president and everything like that. And then as things get revealed, you find out well he's really not that bad, and he's yeah. actually on the side of um the people. He's just got very different ideas. Right, right, right. And uh, I thought he was very well acted. I thought like. Richard Hatch had been trying to get Battlestar for years and years going again with him as Apollo. There's actually a half decent, but it's pretty cheesy trailer that he like self-funded on YouTube. Oh, really? With him in the original Star Trek. Really? It was like Battlestar, um, you know, the the next generation or some shit like that. It's kind of funny, <laughs> but it's, it's cool to see him try to be Apollo. Sure. But... Um, it's really cool to see this guy that was just this kind of leading man in the 70s for the show um, become this much different dramatic kind of lawyer politician type yeah, character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I thought he really rocked it, to be honest. I know. That's a great pick. Yes, he goes through. He he has the most, most character development. Yes, 100% through that entire thing. Like, yeah, like when you see him in like season one and he's part of uh, the people who have taken over the mining ship mm-hmm. um, with all the prisoners and stuff yep. on it. Yeah, absolutely. And then you jump to, like, season three when they're being occupied on New Caprica, and he's, like, you know, he's um, risking his own life to make sure that the president, that Laura, is, like, 
also safe, like safe, like just like literally in that that relatively short time span. Yeah, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. It's nuts. It's nuts. Yeah, that's a good pick. Um, okay, so my number three, I'm gonna go with Gaius Baltar. Ah, oh, I wondered if. He um, so he in in juxtaposition to Zarek, he like doesn't really change. No, he he's just a chameleon. He changes his outer appearance, but he is still just a fucking rat on the inside through and through. Oh, totally. Like, real like. He just goes. He is the the epitome of a cockroach. A cockroach. He's just a cockroach. Like, yeah, he'll he'll his his sails, you know, changes with the wind. Well, well, also, also that's a very good point. But in contrast to Zarek as well, he is positioned as like a really good guy that could like save them. This brilliant scientist. Where you're right, he is a bad rat through the whole. Series. Yeah. Whereas Zarek appears bad, but he yeah. actually turns out to be good. Where, yeah, Zarek has greater intentions and ulterior motives for the, the for humanity. Mm-hmm. Baltar is only looking for himself at every turn, even though that Another outward appearance contrast. shows that he may have humanity's best interests at heart. Like, I mean, just like right again in season one when they're going through that whole Cylon detector process and he's just like talking out of his ass half the time oh, yeah. just fuck. that was so like his character annoys me like, yes he's, he's so entertaining he annoys yes, the hell out he of is me. so fucking aggravating you just you hate him but you love to hate him right you do love to hate him to me it's even his accent and i looked him up because i'm like why is he so annoying like this wasn't today like i looked him up eight years ago and apparently he came from a super rich family from this like small, super rich gated part of London where they have their own distinct snooty accent. Really? Yes. And so that is why he's so annoying, Parsley. That's hilarious. It's like, oh, Caprica. It's like, get out of here, Baltar. That's I hate so you. funny. So, yes. He wow. has this rare, ultra rich oh, man's accent that's British. So... <laughs> And then you got his flowing hair, and just even how he looks at the screen, like how he yeah. stares at the screen. Yeah, I mean, it's just like it's kicked off. Like he is. It's funny though. I think he is written for the audience as the greater antagonist, even above or very close to the Cylons themselves. He is the, and and you see this as as the theme progresses throughout the series of of. Um, of of the shit was you know the he just goes along with the with the with the bad guys he's can can I can I make a little fi- like philosophical point that just came to me okay. perhaps Baltar is positioned as the antagonist like I agree with you because you have all these Cylons trying to be human and people exploring their humanity and be real and be authentic but Baltar like wants to be fake. Like he lives a life right. that's full of bullshit, right? right and so right, right. that's the antithesis of he's the, the antithesis of these Cylons. Wow. Because not that's all the Cylons cool. are bad. Some are, but not all of them yeah, are bad. No, no, no. Yeah, they don't all just exterminate. Exterminate. No, it's not all. And and so in a show about authenticity, yeah. he's bullshit yeah. and fine with it and trying to keep it. So that's really cool. That's a good point. Yeah, man. Good, good show. Okay, what's your number two? My number two, I mean, they, they, they're main characters. I love Apollo. Um, yeah. He's just really cool. He's consistent. I like when he becomes the captain of the Pegasus. Yeah. 
both for the ass kickery that they do in parts. Then he becomes the famous fat Apollo for a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Putting on a fat suit yeah. and having a dom. Look at yourself. <laughs> Go on a treadmill or whatever. I don't know what he says. Yeah. There's a few comments like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, he's just this cool kick-ass fighter pilot. I want to be a fighter pilot as a kid. I know his character is not overly complex. I actually no, almost not, went with but... someone like Gita to throw in there. Somebody it's just like, yeah. no, really, I'd like uh, Apollo. And yeah. there's some minor characters that I find more intriguing, but they weren't in it long enough. Right, right. And the Pegasus even Captain Honestly, Marvel. even Callie. Yes, Callie. Um, I would say she's certainly a minor character. Mm-hmm. You do see her quite a bit. But it's not really until the later seasons where her character comes into her own and you actually get to see, like, her character's motivations and the consequence of her own motivations, too, right? Um, I think that's a solid pick. I think that's a solid pick. It's kind of hard to argue against the pick because his character doesn't really do anything bad in his overall character arc. But his character is not outstanding in his development arc. Mind you, honestly, though, like, I mean, they have... um, They have that... uh, He's got... And this is in line with Starbuck, too. I mean, they kind of both share this arc about, you know, how they um, fucked over their, his brother or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, or did Apollo have anything to do with that? Or was that just Starbuck? Because Starbuck, le- like, remember. passed him on his flight check and he died because of that, right? Yeah, I can't I remember. I thought Apollo had something to do with that. But maybe maybe I'm just thinking something different. Um, okay, well, that's no, that's a good choice. My number two, though, I think is going to be Chief. Mm. Um, I just... Chief, yeah. Yeah, I know. I don't know. I just uh, always you just he's just like lovable. He's like the big bear. He's just kind of like, but he's also very badass in his own right, and like mm-hmm. does command a certain level of respect himself. Yeah. Um, and like, and then yeah, it turns out like he's like one of the final five or whatever, and so it lends like almost a little more credence to his character. But I think also that kind of takes away from his character a bit for me. I don't know that whole. Like, Final Five Silent thing, I didn't really like. <laughs> I don't know. I just... I don't think that... I don't think the fruit bloomed as well as I thought it was going to. Well, and, and you wonder how pre-planned it was, or was it, like, right. only half a season in advance? Right. So like, okay, well, who would be the coolest or, like, most surprising people right. to just make Silent? Yeah, yeah. Because usually you breadcrumb this shit in yeah. movies. And yeah. I don't think he was breadcrumb much as, as I can remember. No, 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 no. Um... I know they had that whole music thing all along the watchtower, but, like, I think they only played that out for, like, maybe an episode or two before mm-hmm. we actually, like, they finally all meet exactly. as they're f- chasing this music. Um, and we see the f- the final five. Who were the final five? So it was him, I, I Saul's wife. Remember. Yes, yeah. Um, I, another woman, um, the Indian woman, I think, right? Yeah, what was yeah her it was I her. I forget her name. No, I, you're right. 100% it was her. Was um wow I don't remember the other two. Oh, wasn't it Starbucks uh, boyfriend? The new boyfriend? Oh yeah 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 yeah. He's a wasn't he like another pilot like a kind of hot shot? Yeah, pilot? I think so. They found him on Earth when they went back to Earth, uh, didn't they? Is that him? I can't. You know what? I can't remember wow. this much. I can't, you can't remember was the hot final dog? five. Was hot dog, hot dog was one? not a final not? five. No. Or was it Cali? <laughs> no, it wasn't Cali. It wasn't Cali. Who the hell was it? Man, I can't believe we can't remember that. That's brutal. That's brutal. Wow, well, I never. It's been a while, Whatever. and I didn't obviously rewatch the whole thing for this. Um, okay, my number one, I'd be surprised if this is not your number one. 
Admiral slash Captain fucking Adama. Goddamn Adama. (laughs) Edward James almost is so good as a grumpy old Admiral. God. I don't think he screws up like his he may not have had the best lines in some episodes or some stuff like that. This man always delivers in his scene. Yeah. My favorite line actually of his, I don't know why, is from the mini series, but just like regroup and prepare for counterattack. <laughs> yeah. like, there is no counterattack on yeah. Dama. You're the last You are the, the counterattack. Yeah. No, no. It's just like <sighs> Well, and I think like I mean, yeah, he goes so he's he's set up to be the savior of humanity, really, but like he himself, I don't think, believes he's up to that task, which I think is why he uh, collaborates and kind of um, confides in the president, Laura, quite a bit. Uh, and I think that's that's really kind of how that relationship blossoms and arcs into, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's born out of that a little bit. He's an interesting character to me. I always saw him as, like... I saw him as a hopeless character, but whenever we usually encounter hopeless characters, they usually quickly die or they're tragic or something like that. To me, at least for the first few seasons, maybe all, almost all the way to the end, because he, he's so skeptical the whole journey, yeah. is that he's a man without hope who his only drive to keep his heart ticking is to keep humanity surviving one more day. Right. Right. And there, there's nothing else to yeah. his... His motivations. And you're watching a man who's joyless, who has almost nothing to live for except for survival itself. Yeah. For a few people. Yeah, that's really true. And he has the weight of a race on him. I don't think he has hope. I think you are correct. But I think that he does ultimately have faith. Faith in the people around him. Like, most of all, right? Yeah, I'd say Um, most of all, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, I think that that also, like... Without that, I don't think he would he wouldn't be nearly as effective as as a character, right? Like that, yeah, that like badass like one day at a time gets you only so far, I think. Um, and I mean, he doesn't really go through much growth either, though, right? He doesn't. He really doesn't. He's kind of like a, a stabilizing force. I would use the term like an anchor and like right. an actual ship anchor, like. He just keeps, no matter what else is going on with the drama, he keeps this kind of central guiding bell curve. Keeps the the wheel going straight as much as possible. And, um, but I mean, he just, for for what he is, he just delivers so well. He's so cool. He's like the kind of old man you wish you could be. Mm -hmm. And... And yeah. he's believable too as like a commander. Like he, he commands authority on the screen. Yeah, he does. He does. So yeah, yeah he's, he's yeah. No, that's awesome. that's my number one as well. Like how can I be? Yeah, I know. <laughs> it can't I, not be. Yeah. It can't not be. I mean, it's almost like you want to pick someone else just because like obviously that's so obvious. Well, I put as a joke Caprica sex. I mean sex. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> well, did you actually have any runners up? Because I actually have like one specific runner up. Um, I really like number three, Lucy Lawless. Is yeah, she, she was, was like good. one of the sympathetic Cylons too, right? Or at least like a a model of her. I, I really like that too. How they explore in the series that, yeah, they're like they're being reprinted and there are n- numerous copies, but like they're very still unique. Yeah, um, and they're they're really individualized despite basically being like clones, like robotic clones. It, but, it's Blade Runnerish in a way. Right. It's like, you know, what what defines humans? They bleed, you know, they're, yeah, they're yeah, yeah. manufactured. Because, like, they're, they're not 
cyborgs like what like you know what like it's funny sometimes when you think of cylon offhand um especially the human the human cylons like they don't have any robotic parts and they're not half robot half humans they're they're literally like flesh and bones i know and it's you you kind of wonder like okay well why can't they coexist well i guess because humanity enslaved them (laughs) right and now they want to do it in turn yeah now they want to do it in turn So that's kind of why. But even then, within that, they find this humanity to mm-hmm. save and work with their fellow humans. I mean, that was one of the things that I felt made the show a little less compelling. Is By the time you get to season four, most of the Cylons are friends. Or like a bunch of them right. are friends with the humans for right. basically that whole season. And yeah. you've got the Battlestar flying with the base stars. It's like, yeah. yeah, that overarching like threat is minimized is minimized yes and it 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 turns into this kind of metaphysical exploration slash religious event thing that it just doesn't pay off honestly it doesn't doesn't. pay off it doesn't no it doesn't um that's one of the most brutal things so i don't know if you looked it up on the trivia or whatnot but they actually didn't know if they were going to get a fourth season Okay. But they derailed everything with the third season so much by putting it on that planet. Right. So you had already changed the show so much that by the time you get back into space, it felt like they were winging it. And I remember seeing on the special features for season four, um, and I thought this was a fault, but the actors started to get so, like in real life, started to get so attached to their characters and so like drunk on their own success Hmm. that there's a whole special feature about basically them walking in to the producers and the directors and saying change this change that change this part of my story and you actually see them be like no we're not going to do that and it's it was was like the one special feature i remember the most because you see this tension between the actors and the producers and i think that kind of turns out in some shit i mean starbuck being an angel always gets panned like what the fuck an angel isn't even explained but she just happens to be one yeah exactly right um, like nowhere in the lore of this universe have they ever mentioned anything like that before and then suddenly they're throwing it in which is very fourth wall breaking right yeah like out of nowhere very out of nowhere yeah i don't i i mean and how long was she an angel for like, how long has she been, I guess, dead for then? Since she got into that Cylon Raider, reprogrammed it, and got off that planet, right? Yeah. Which that, was, like, season two? I, I thought it? it might even be season one. Whoa. Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. <laughs> <What? laughs> like, this is, like, the series that I would love to go and rewatch, um, but I would, like probably have to sift through some of the filler stuff right like i would have to like look up some synopses and maybe i wonder if that exists somewhere outlined like a a optimized viewing guide for bsg that skips these filler shit that you don't need right to get to really get the full arc of of some of these characters because like a good a uh, a quote-unquote good filler episode which is still progresses characters right like they still need they should still really be necessary even though you are forced to add in eight extra episodes to your season right you need to make something of these episodes sure and do you, do you remember there's one episode in the community that's considered like the worst filler episode yes yeah, scar. scar yes <laughs> so scar. Bad. it was absolutely hideous i remember watching it i'm like 
these are the actors and this is the enemy <laughs> ship but what i'm watching it, is like this and it's like starbuck thing. like out of nowhere has this weird obsession all of a sudden yeah. of like murdering this one cylon raider it's like what the hell is happening right now it's like you okay. were you were you were manufacturing conflict because you don't think your main story has enough like what i don't understand what's going it, on it doesn't make any sense no. it's one if you look at it i guess in a crazy way it's like one i guess it's 184th of your show so it doesn't seem like much but it's like 122nd of an episode or of a season 45 minutes of your time spent all about just one yeah cylon fighter that's good and it's like i mean could you imagine watching that show week to week and then you get that for one week I, I think that's where you go on the interwebs on your try you know your GeoCities yeah. <laughs> website and just start saying I hate this episode. Yeah, I think so. Like I don't know. <laughs> but contrary to that, I think thirty three, which is the first actual the episode, very is one first of episode. I, I actually wrote this down. I think it is the best first episode of a show I may have ever seen. Yeah, like, it is so compelling and so it compelling. hooks you. Yeah, it hooks gets you. its hooks into you. And you're like, how are they going to escape this? What and it's an fuck? original idea. It's so... How are they yeah, tracking us? Yeah, it's nuts. It's funny because the first time I watched The Last Jedi with how they were getting tracked, I'm like, this is the bullshittiest version of Three <laughs> And I remember actually, I don't know if I wrote it in a blog or on some... Um, I wrote it a bunch of places somewhere like maybe on in response to youtube videos saying yeah. like they ripped off 33 from Battlescar galactica oh, yeah, for this yeah. plot line so but yeah that was good listener if you're wondering what we're talking about the first episode basically somehow the ship's being tracked it has to jump every 33 minutes because the entire cylon fleet like will, will show up yeah, right and, there and murder them and murder them so they can't really get sleep or do anything right it's yeah, exactly every 30, 33 minutes. 33 minutes. So, yeah, really, really compelling. Yeah, that's a great first episode. Um, well, is that your favorite moment? Your favorite event? That's series? one of them. The, the two others, I actually... I don't know if it's a event. I like the two part where they discover Pegasus. I really do. I love yeah. the Pegasus shit. Season two is my favorite so much because they can actually go on the offensive for a bit. With right. this new battle star that actually like can kick double ass, their fire, firepower, double their firepower. More. more than that, because Battlestar Galactica is like almost like a museum ship. It's like almost ready right. to be decommissioned. But Pegasus is like a full-on modern battle star, and they just do so many good little episodes with that. Mm-hmm. Do you remember the one where they've kind of got the engineer who ends up? He was the engineer in Pegasus, but he ends up like being the captain. And you're like, he's not a good leader. He's yeah. inept. But then he sacrifices himself. Yeah. And it's really compelling and yeah. emotional, that scene. It's so me. redemptive. So redemptive. Yeah. And then you that. feel so much empathy for his character after just hating him for so long. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I, I guess, well, it's our podcast. We can say what we want. So my favorite uh, my favorite moment is the discovery of That's cool. Faces. That's That's a good one. This was an easy choice for me. My favorite one is season three, episode one, Occupation, where they're, they've found this planet and they have settled thinking they're safe from the Cylons because this planet had originally not been on their Drata system, which is their scanning system that they use. And the Cylons oh. find them and they enslave them. 
and there there's a rebellion. They're, they're, the humans are rebelling against them. They're like resorting to human like suicide bombers trying to make a dent in the silent force. But the Bowsar Galactica still out in orbit oh, uh, in yeah. space. They manage to get a message from the rebels and they mount a rescue operation. Battlestar Galactica, the ship, yep. drops into the atmosphere and it's free falling and it spits out its vipers, which are the, the, yes. the fighter jets, to, to help the rebels on the ground. And then, like, seconds from crashing on the ground, it jumps out of the, out of the atmosphere back into orbit. Like, that was so fucking. It's so cool. iconic to me. Like, that is the first thing, the very first thing I think of when anybody mentions Battlestar Galactica. It's, oh man, that left yeah. such an impact on me. Yeah. It's so badass. Yeah. I started with my top, but that's my second. Um, yeah. It, it just, oh, it was a mind-blowing moment. I remember I would watch most of it with a group of friends um, Sunday evenings. Like, every Sunday evening, unless it was a holiday or someone was super busy, we I bring over one disc and we watch all four episodes. Oh, and nice. then I remember when we watched that one, people were just like cheering. Like, <laughs> This guy's living room. Oh, man. That's such um, a great episode. God. I really like there's that episode where they discover the old Cylons and you get like the old like Volcatron yeah. voicing and the old ships. Yeah. I thought that was really cool because growing up as a kid, I thought, you know, we are those Cylons or whatever that yeah. that was so cool. <laughs> Just that vocator <laughs> voice. So um, that's that's one of my favorite moments. Yeah. Oh, man. It's a good show. It's a fucking good show. It's a really good show. Actually, the opening shot of that show, I believe it's the opening shot, was my old university. Oh, yeah. Yeah, SFU. They used the academic quadrangle. It's called this, like, square of suspended in the air on concrete pillars classrooms. They have, like, this market in there. So that was kind of cool. That's cool. And actually digitally enhanced. So they go all around SFU. So I know exactly what it looks like. But they're, like, digitally enhanced buildings where there's no buildings and steps where there's no steps. So it's kind of cool. Oh, that's cool. Like, uh, Trisha Helfer walked those steps. (laughs) (laughs) Those imaginary steps. (laughs) Those imaginary steps. (laughs) Man, Um, she was... She was so gorgeous. Yeah. She was, I think, a big draw for that show. Like a big draw. I mean, she was like, she was the sex of that show. Oh, she right? was like, literally and figuratively. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was the embodiment of sex for that show. Yep. Yeah. Any I don't know. Her moments you just want to bring up? Um, nothing that really shoots to mind. Just like that fucking jump into atmosphere. God, that blew me away. I mean, this is, you know, whatever. But I... It, when the Cylons first start taking over and just destroying everything and all the ships, I thought that was really cool, yeah. disabling them. And it really got me into it. It's like, oh, crap, this is a, a show about survival, and this one ship is going to survive, and it's just about these small groups right. of people. Like, it just, yeah. ah, it makes me want to watch the Million series. Like, I want to go home. Yeah, yeah, I know, right? So, um, do you think the show with its legacy, do you think it's underrated or overrated? Um, Man... It's so biased. It is biased. I want, this okay. Is opinion. I'm going to lean probably to overrated. I will agree with that. I think that even myself overrates this show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like all of the good things we said about this. Um, I think like we're, we're hyping the shit out of it to leave someone possibly disappointed to go and watch it now. Now, now can you articulate, because I will articulate after, but can you articulate why it's so Okay, overrated? so... 
Uh, and again, this is based on somebody going who never seen it to watch it right now. Um, one, I think it as 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 good as the effects were at the time. I think yes, they are clearly they're of course going to be dated. Um, I mean that shit has come so far in the last decade. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, some of the effects are a little dated, and I think that is a big downside for a lot of people. Um, but I think that. Uh, okay, like say if say if you were speaking to somebody um, like even uh, like five years younger than us that was going to watch this, the way that just even content is consumed and produced and um, it just it's just all I think it's just overall it's just dated. It just has a dated feeling, and even some of the themes um, may feel a little dated. Which is kind of weird considering it's a sci-fi, it's a science fiction show. But not to say that they aren't relevant still, but I think they may... I think it's just overall, I could sum it up as it's going to feel dated, I think, to some people. And I think nostalgia plays a large part in in my... Personally, for me, loving the show, I think it's very nostalgic for me. Even though it wasn't very long ago that I had first started, first watched it. Because I... Watch it after it was finished, when it was off air. I think. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, for me, it's it's actually more on a macro level. When I was thinking about it, I was thinking, you know what? I only love half the show. I I only <laughs> love season one and two. Right. And season three was okay. Had its moments. And, and I hated season four. And so when you throw that and do like on your calculator, click click click, divided by four, and try right. to find the average. Yeah. It's not actually that fantastic of a show right. when taken in totality. This sounds like so evil when I say it because there's so many compelling reasons to watch it. Yeah. But the problem is like, and listener, watch it if what we've said sounds compelling. Draws you in. But and maybe maybe that's a good thing that the first two seasons are awesome. But you, it's going to get to be a slog. And if you like say like, yeah, I want this show and buy four box sets of DVDs, you're going to be disappointed with season four. I'll tell you that. (laughs) And uh, yeah. So for that reason, I can't glowingly. No, I think that's a really good point. I mean, like even those first two seasons still have their share of episodes. I mean, I think Scar was a season two episode Um, and it's not the only like poor filler episode. Yeah. Again, they're filling like 20, 24 episode like runs to, for, for TV, for <laughs> like serialization basically, right? Like um, it was just, a, it, was a, it was a different time for TV production. I th- and it, I think it really suffers from that um, where it could shine so much. Like if this was incepted and like rebooted from the original 70s series like now, I think it would be fucking phenomenal. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, the ships would be photorealistic. Right. So there right. goes your... Now, your now, obviously, you wouldn't have the same actors. Um, I don't know. I think... I think I, and I think that is what this show stands most on, is the actors. Like, the cast, right? Like, the cast yeah. is far and beyond the best thing about this show. Yes, I would absolutely agree with that. Yeah. Like I said, scanning through that list on IMDb and being like, love her, she was great, he's good, yeah. he's awesome. There's so many, yeah, just like... All the secondary characters. I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not really. I can't really think. Of, okay, can you think of a character that fell flat for you? Like that, that, that was clearly written as to be more impactful than it may have. No, been. it was a character I hate and wish wasn't in the show, but he's super, super minor. 
hot dog. <laughs> hot dog. Who's, who's actually he's William Edward James Almost's son. Really? So, yes, I didn't know that. Life. Even though he's an ugly, <laughs> ugly as fuck and doesn't look like his dad. Oh, so I wonder like if his dad shoehorned him into this show. Because oh, the actor yeah. sucked. The the him as a fighter pilot was lame. I mean, yeah. he looks like Adrian Brody from the pianist's like runt little brother. And <laughs> And I think Adrian Brody from The Pianist would be a better fighter pilot. So. Uh, <laughs> no, he couldn't handle the G's, man. <laughs> couldn't handle the G's. He's, he's the master of the G. Key of G. <laughs> Yo, okay. As much as I like liked him, like Kilo was not much of a character. Oh, man. Like, he didn't do much. That's actually a good point. Like, I, I still like him, Like, though. he's cool. He's big. Yeah. He, yeah. And it's like, there's... the only compelling part of his story is to do with his, his relationship and yeah. his baby who was oh she's one of the other five she was one of the other ones we were yeah playing. but wasn't she discovered like right away i thought she was like, oh no she's right not away. a five she's one of yeah. the she's one of she's the, one seven. the original they, they, the yeah seven. she i think she was one yeah, of the first ones right. they found on the ship yeah you know you're right and yes he is only compelling at all because of his family yeah his yeah his, his ties just, to just her. the people think around him is what props his character and his character development which he doesn't really have because he's always has the same motivation. Like, he loves her, right? Grace Park is the actor. Yes. Vancouver um, actor, by the way. Right. Also connected to the, uh, what's that? What's the name of that cult? Scientology? No, not Scientology. The other one. The bad one. The, um... <laughs> the, the bad one. <laughs> no, I mean, like, the, the, the sex one cult. Oh, she's connected to that? Yes, she is, along with, um... Oh, wow. Uh, what's her face? Um... Jesus, why am I blanking on this? Oh, Nexium, Nexium. Yes, oh, she's connected to Nexium too. Wow, it's it's fucked up shit. Vancouver based because Nexium was has offices or had offices in Vancouver. I don't know if they still exist, but wow, tangenting really hard. But if you want to learn about Nexium, check out the CBC <laughs> podcast Escape from Nexium. Very interesting podcast. Wow. Um, but yes, his so Hilo. <laughs> CBC, our first Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> Canadian Broadcasting Corporation. They actually do a lot of good podcasts. I just like if you go to cbc.ca and like you look at their podcast section, like you'll find a lot of interesting stuff. Like someone knows something. Like it's been going for like five seasons. It's very interesting. Like true crime stuff. Compelling. Just that far. Yeah, I don't know. Like Hilo, like he's just like a nothing character. Like he he he, he doesn't even really need to exist. I can't really. No, you're you're right. Well, yeah. As I'm thinking about him, you could have had some random pilot who dies like five episodes in, have that baby with with the Cylon, and uh, you wouldn't have missed you wouldn't have missed no. anything not having not Hilo there. Yeah, poor Hilo. So hmm. that's a good point. Very good point. Well, should we should we wrap this bad boy? This one's running a little. Long, yeah, but... yeah. I'm I'm done. <laughs> okay. So. So overall, generally, we recommend it. Yeah, yeah, we'd recommend it. We'd recommend it with the asterisks that we fairly gave. I think we gave yeah. listener a good. I think so too. To, um, to be cautious. I mean, yeah, we spoiled some stuff, but we didn't spoil that much stuff. No, there oh, were some things I was holding back. Yeah, right, right. Something, so. uh, it's difficult to spoil. I mean, I feel like there is only, even though there's only four seasons, I feel like there is so much of this show. Like, there's a lot of this show. Mm-hmm. Um, they go through a lot of plot arcs. Like they, I think they go through a lot of different. Well, and there were some movies too. I don't know if you saw them. But yeah, there were some movies. Yeah. So, 
Uh, I believe I have seen. I think I've seen all of them. I might have actually missed one. I see. I see. I saw the one that was focused on the Pegasus. The plan. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the plan was. Yeah. All right, let's do the end of the show stuff. Um, if you like what we're doing, you can find links for all of our social media stuff and our Patreon, our brand new Patreon on the website at ttpopcast.com. Um, yeah, Patreon, patreon.com. I don't know, should, should I be giving the link to the Patreon thing directly to? Or I don't know. Well, we do, is it easy to give it? Or I guess I don't know. Just, I don't know what it is. You know what? Just go to Patreon. Go to the search bar. Search give Leland and Moby money. No. <laughs> you know, search, <laughs> search for a T-Hud podcast. Right. Or, or actually, if you search for Leland Steel, it will pop up, I believe. Does it? I, I think so. Yeah. Uh, I don't Anyways, think, okay. Search for the search for the T Hud podcast first. Sure, sure, sure. But yes, I will have all those links on in, on our website, which hopefully you're visiting anyways to see the written content that we never put up that we actually didn't <laughs> even factor into any of our Patreon rewards. That's <laughs> because <laughs> we never going to do it. Let's not bullshit, listener. <laughs> yeah, we, we wouldn't lie to you. We wouldn't lie to you. But we're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. Check out our Facebook page. Will be post a ton on that Facebook page. I do. I got. I never put. I'm never on that. Um, the irony is, I usually reference you. Yes, I, I know. I, this is for you, Leland. You know when I when I see it when I go on there and I post like for new episodes, I see all that like at that point, point. <laughs> <laughs> and then you get angry, and then we do condescending controversy. There we go. Uh, well, I've been Leland Steele, and I've been Moby. Take care, listener. Thanks, listener. Bye bye. <laughs>